Welcome to Live Truth Podcast, a podcast geared towards helping women to know Jesus, love Jesus, and live truth boldly, which should in turn cause us to glorify God with our lives, think biblically, and be compelled to make disciples. Hey, y'all. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope your day has been going well so far, or depending on what time you're listening, has gone well. Um, Nevertheless, thank you again for joining me. Today, we have on back on Dear Brother Matt Brock, and we're discussing evangelism. Um, It's always a blessing and encouragement to chop it up with Matt. He just has a wealth of wisdom and knowledge by God's grace on this topic, and just such humility. He sets such a great example. Um, Also in this episode, we will address some common fallacies regarding evangelism, share some wisdom, and give some tools to help you on your journey in evangelism. I have also included resources that we discussed in the episode in the show notes, so I encourage you to check them out. Please remember that you are more than welcome to reach out to me if you have any questions, comments, or concerns uh, regarding the episodes, and most importantly, if you've made a decision to follow Christ. Also, if you're on Apple Podcasts and blessed by it, please share the episode with your friends, family, and rate it five stars. This does help with the algorithm and makes Live Truth a more noticeable platform. The goal is to flood the nations with the truth of the gospel, and I need your help by God's grace. And so we are also on YouTube. Please go and subscribe and tap the bell notification to be notified when an episode arrives. As always, praying God be glorified and you are encouraged to be and do all the Lord will have us to be and do in Jesus name. And so here is the conversation between Brother Matt Bark and I. Grace and peace. I love you. All right, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us again today for the second time. (laughs) Yeah, it's always a blessing to be with you, sister. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. Praise the Lord. Um, This time, I won't have you share your testimony. I will encourage y'all to please go listen to Matt's testimony on episode number seven, the abortion episode where we discuss pro-choice assertion responses. Um, But I will have you tell a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So uh, my name is Matt Brock, and uh, I've been married to my beautiful wife for this year has been 10 years. And uh, we got two little girls and uh, run a uh, carpentry business. I do a lot of woodworking and things like that and um, frees me up to be able to do a lot of uh, um, ministry uh, out in the public square. And uh, we're, we just actually uh, yesterday, I didn't get to go, um, but the, the guys that you know that you've ministered with with us out in town, Antoine was out there with them. Uh, some of those guys, they actually st- uh, went out to Clemson University. Um, so we're, we're getting out to the uh, colleges uh, now as well, getting the word of God out there, trying to engage the students with uh, just challenging a lot of their worldviews, you know, abortion, sexual identity, um, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, I'm going to go on ahead and I can actually officially say we're in the college campuses now. Uh, we go to the abortion. We go to the abortion mills. Obviously, you've been out there with us uh, down in Greenville, just downtown and the marketplace. And so uh, anywhere where there's people, we try to go and, and get the word of God out there and have conversations about worldviews and Um, You know, basically do what Paul and the apostles did in the New Testament, just reason with folks and try to um, challenge their worldviews and hopefully um, uh, see them come to faith and repentance and uh, join us in the fight to uh, to advance the kingdom. Amen. And y'all do a good job at it. I I learn a lot from y'all's humility. I I appreciate the grace of God on y'all life regarding humility, because that's that's what it takes. You know, Um, the Holy Spirit has been very patient with me in that arena. (laughs) (laughs) That's that you you grow in that. That's not something that you come in with. I promise. We were I'm we were like, all fireballs. <laughs> I'm 
like, hey, man, y'all, y'all better be humble. <laughs> so, yeah. And even know. even right now, in tra- we, we, we can get we can we can fall into the trap about bragging about our humility. And so uh-huh, uh-huh. humility and pride is such a crazy thing. So uh, let's just move on and get past that real quick. Hey, <laughs> man, even look, before you go on and get prideful, OK? Yeah. <laughs> no. OK, so um, our episode today, we'll be discussing evangelism and giving some tools on um, evangelism and um, some questions that are some answers that some of the questions that um, I've heard come up or some of the comments that I've heard come up regarding evangelism and just more insight and and encouragement for you guys. And so the first question I like to ask you, Matt, is um, what is the biblical basis for evangelism? Uh, Well, the biblical basis, uh, again, uh, God is presuppositional, right? So uh, who owns the world? Who gets to decide how the world runs and, and who gets to decide where it's, it should be going? Well, uh, you know, presuppositionally, the answer to that is, is God. It's Yahweh. It's the God of the Bible. And uh, there's really no other way that you can answer that question. Everything else falls apart. And so um, the idea of, of uh, you know, getting the gospel out of the biblical precedent for it is essentially just trying to get the world to bow down to the very one who created them, to uh, show them the the error of their ways, to show them their need for a savior. And uh, we see this clearly laid out in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Um, you know, all power and authority in heaven and on earth have been given to King Jesus. And uh, our job is to go and make disciples of all the nations and to baptize them and to, um, to, to teach them to obey uh, his law, his his ways, and so um, that's 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 really the 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 nutshell uh, answer is is again we're commissioned to do this, we are commanded to do this. Amen. And um, what do you say to those that really feel like, well, it's it's not my job. There are special people equipped to share the gospel. You know. Uh, and that is a very, uh, I would say it's a very good question. And I would say it's a very fair question. Um, and, and so here's the deal. Uh, we got to define terms, right? Evangelism. What does that mean? Because in one way, yes, that's true. And in another way, so what are you saying and what are you meaning when you say that? That's that's what we got to define. So uh, a lot of times when people say that, they're using, they're trying to come up with an excuse or a justification to pacify either their laziness or their their cowardice. And when I say cowardice, I want to be very careful to say that. Um, cowardice is probably a strong, some people it is cowardice. Mm-hmm. Some people it's, it's just, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a humble scare. Like they're just, they would love to be able to go share the gospel, but they just don't feel like they have whatever it is in them to do it. Right. Um, and so, um, Yes, there are some people who are like I look at Antoine, for example, and Jake Eakin and, and all these guys, uh, Kylie Waldrop. Um, I love going and ministering with these guys because I don't have to preach as much. Uh, believe it or not, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of getting up on. A, I can do it. The Lord does you know, give me the. The, uh, the courage to do that, but that's not really my element. I love the one-on-one, uh, the, the, the young ladies and the young guys that come up and and they say, hey, I don't like what he's saying. I like being able to come in and say, hey, let's go over here and talk about it. Right. That's where I feel like God has gifted me. So I look at guys like Antoine and Jake and I, I point to those guys and I say, those guys have the gift of evangelism. And 
what I, what I mean by that is it just comes natural, right? Some people are woodworkers. Some people have a gift for teaching. Some people have a gift for piano. Like there, there's just certain things that the way that their brain works and the, all of this stuff just makes it easy for them. It comes natural. Mm-hmm. And God does give that gift to some evangelists. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that element, yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. However, on the other side of that element, um, in Mark chapter 16, we are commanded everyone. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you're, you, you, this is a strong statement, but it's true. You're in sin. If you are not evangelizing your neighbor, um, and you say, well, how can you say that? that? Well, the, they came to Jesus and they said, what are the, what are the, what is the greatest commandment? You know, of all the, of all the law, what is it? He said, love the Lord, your God with everything you have and also love your neighbor as yourself. The most loving thing that you can do for your neighbor is to share the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you give them a house, if you pay off their car, mm-hmm. all of these things, if you neglect to give them the very words of life, you are hating them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so uh, the very, you know, in Mark 16, it says, um, go share the gospel with all of creation. Mm-hmm. So again, these are not encouragements. These are not um, negotiables. These are biblical commands. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there are some people, again, like Antoine and Jake, and, and, and I can even do it. I'm not a, I don't like it, but I can do it. Um, stand up in the middle of a public square with 2,000 people walking by, and they can herald the gospel, and it just rolls off their tongue. Um, you know, not everybody's called to that. So don't hear me say, if you're not doing that, then you're failing in the Great Commission. Right. But I will say this, if you have friends, if you have coworkers, if you have family, guess what? That's everybody. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that don't fit one of those three things. Mm-hmm. Your job is to make sure that they know how to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, um, yes, it's true. There are people that are, are that are gifted in that, but no one is exempt from the mandate to share the gospel with their neighbors. Amen. And everything that you just said reminds me of something that I did read in the book that I was talking about. I'm going to um, recommend, which is Gospel Centered Evangelism by Joseph Smith, in that he was talking about the fact that, um, you know, there are people that have been gifted with the gift of or with of, of an evangelist. But in the sense, you know, that all of us can do evangelism um, because we have the Holy Spirit, you know, That's right. And so um, essentially, that's what it is. You know, there have been those that are gifted with the gift of an evangelist, but right. we've all been called to go because we have the Holy Spirit. Each and every person who's born again that has God's spirit. He has equipped us to do that. So with that being said, then um, what do you say to those that say, um, let my life preach for itself and necessary use words? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we could camp out here for a while. Um, we could camp out here for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, I, I think that there's people that, that, well, first off, that quote is actually a misrepresentation of the person that actually originally said it. What did I so, say? Uh, so, well, he said the words, uh-huh. but that wasn't necessarily what people, what people mean when they say that today is not mm-hmm. what he meant when he said it then. Okay. And so, um, I don't think that that guy ever implied that we should not verbally speak the gospel. Right. We should just live the gospel. But mm-hmm. that's what a lot of modern, um, I've, I've heard the word evangelifish, uh, <laughs> a modern, modern evangelicals, they like to use that again. It's just a, it's just a, a soft way to pacify their, their apathy and their, their laziness really in evangelism. 
And so um, the idea of, of, you know, living out the gospel um, and you don't have to say it, just live it out. Uh, I come up with an analogy a while ago and I can't remember what it is, but um, ah, I'm not gonna be able to remember. But anyway, um, you can't, you can't live out what needs to get inside of someone. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of God. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you've got, if you've got a guy out in the street and he pulls, he, he helps a little old lady across the street, Mm -hmm. right? That's the kind of stuff that these people are talking about. Just live your life as a kind human being Mm -hmm. and the world will see Jesus in you. Well, here's the deal. There are Muslims that would help the little old lady across the street. There are atheists that would help the little old lady across the street. So your actions really don't point to Jesus. They can point to good works. They can point to good deeds. But listen, Islam is not a mean, uh, as far as like, you know, humanitarian things. Muslims are wonderful people. They are very kind people. They're very far more than than modern Christians, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are very hospitable um, they would give you literally the shirt off of their back. And so, you know, if, if the litmus test is works, then I would say that, that their God is actually more powerful than the God of Christianity, if that's what we're going off of. Um, so, you know, because again, Christians are horrible at doing works. <laughs> we're just lazy. And so if that's the litmus test is who's, who's good works uh, are outdoing other good works, I would say probably Islam is at the top of that list. They are wonderful people, wonderful humanitarians. So we have to we have to preach, we have to proclaim, we have to herald the gospel. Nowhere in Scripture do we see anyone coming to faith and repentance because someone acted out the gospel for them. Like I don't even know what that would look like. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's just a again, it, it's just another way for people to try to pacify their. Um, their lack of evangelism or their pacify their conviction of it really. Right. And so with all that being said, we don't need to just live out the gospel. We need to teach, say, give the gospel verbally um, pretty much. Um, And of course be led by Holy spirit um, as far as, you know, because sometimes we may have already shared the gospel with some people, you know, um, and we don't want to cast our pearls before swine and that either, you know, um, but we do need to be. What do you say um, to those that are fearful? Um, how would you encourage them? You brought up a good point earlier, um, and this happens at the abortion mill. It really, it happens anywhere, anytime we go anywhere. Um, so, again, the biblical... <laughs> The biblical foundation for 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 humans, like who we are, mm-hmm. um, you know, Romans three clearly tells us that we are all depraved, we're all wicked, we're all useless. Literally, the word useless is they've all become useless. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what we've got to remember is is the only courage, the only wisdom, the only the only anything that is in us that enables us to be effective, literally at anything that we do, is the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I can remember my first ride to, uh, um, and I hope I'm not being too graphic here, but my first ride to the Greenville abortion clinic, I remember I had to stop at three bathrooms on the way there because my stomach was in knots. I did not, my nerves were shot and uh, I was fearful. I was scared. And a lot of times today, even I will still get those feelings. Um, I've been doing this for two years now. I mean, I'm out there every week and there are still times where this spirit of, of just, 
I don't want to say it's fear, but um, I don't know. It's just a weird, again, you're wrestling with demons. Like you're, you're, you're going toe to toe with, with principalities and things that are in, in wicked spiritual places. And so, and I think that the, I think that the spirit of man in some sense can sense that. And I don't, I'm not trying to get too crazy, but uh, I really think there's times where I'm out at the abortion mill and it's beautiful outside. The birds are flying, sun's out, the smell of flowers is in the air. Like there's nothing creepy about it. And the hair on my arms will literally stand up. And it is as if something is getting ready to just completely devour me. And, and, and so it, you're, you're dealing with, with, this is a, you know, Ephesians 6, 12, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. And so anytime you start talking about evangelism, anytime you start talking about going and trying to interpose for image bearers of God, you are stepping into the ring with demons, literally, that's what you're doing. And so you should be fearful. Uh, I can't remember the story in, um, there's a story in Acts and uh, there were, you know, the, the apostles have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. They're going around and they're doing all these wonderful miracles and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, there were actually people who were not of God, but they were still using the name of Jesus and they were casting, they were, they were, they were doing crazy things in Jesus's name. And uh, I can't remember the guy's name. It's a crazy story. I'll post it or I'll give it to you later and you can, you can post it. But um, he goes and he tries to kind of get some notoriety out of this, right? I'm going to, I'm going to use this Jesus guy's name to pull a demon out of somebody. And then the demon actually responds to this, this guy and says, I know who Jesus is. I know who Paul is, but who are you? Right. And it says that the demon overtakes them and they, 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 they flee for their lives. Mm-hmm. And so you are, you, we are going toe to toe with, with devils and demons. And so uh, to go back to your question, how, how would you encourage people? Well, that probably didn't sound very encouraging, <laughs> but what this should do. Okay. Again, we talked about pride earlier. If, if I think that Matt Brock or Antoine or Jake Eakin, that we can actually in and of ourselves stand toe to toe with these demons and, and actually do something, well, we're just foolish, mm-hmm. okay? What this does is it should push you into Jesus, mm-hmm. right? This should force you into your prayer closet. This should force you uh, into uh, humility and say, God, I don't want to go do what you're calling me to do. Uh, this is way out of my element. And the only way that this is going to happen is the same way that you did it with Moses, the same way that you did it with all these other guys. You are going to have to you know, uh, make yourself manifest in me and, and become those things that I can't be on, on my own. And so um, my encouragement would be uh, begin to pray that God would, if, if it's if it's wisdom, you feel like you're not equipped, pray that God would give you the assurance and pray that God would give you the wisdom and the confidence. And he will. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel that there is a spirit of fear, pray that God would take that away. And he will. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he may only take it away long enough for you to do the job, uh, you know, he'll, he'll give you what you need in the moment that you need it. Because again, I may go to the abortion mill in the morning and on the way there, my nerves are shot again. But once I'm out there and once we open our mouths and once we have proven that, Hey God, I'm going anyway. And that's faith, right? Uh, I can't, I, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. I just know that he's been faithful and that he's not let me down. And I'm going to trust in that, that he's going to show up the way that he always has. And he always has. <laughs>
Amen. And and I'll add to that, you know, some things that helped me was to, you know, if you're if you're not used to going out witnessing, because evangelism should really be a lifestyle. You know, every day we walk up outside of our house, our intention should be to um to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to make sure that we're sharing the gospel with others, you know, and make sure that we're taking those opportunities. So that's first and foremost. Second, you know, some things that helped me was to make sure that I'm not going by myself at first, you know, um, and start taking some tracks out because the Lord has, I've I've heard of some beautiful stories of how the Lord has saved us through tracks. I heard, um, I read a story in the um, 101 Lessons of Biblical Evangelism. School of Biblical Evangelism, which is a book that I'm going to put in the show notes, that the Lord wound up preserving a tract at the bottom of the ocean and saved a man with that tract. Yes. Yes. So ever since I read that, like, I'm a big, I, I have tracks everywhere. And <laughs> you know, when I go out to run, I put some in my pocket. Every, yeah. I know that I'm going to the post office every um week. I automatically take me four tracks in there and put them on the table. So, you know, that's the gospel that could be getting to four individuals, you know, at least um four times a week, you know, or sometimes if I go yeah. twice and, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you can leave them in buggies, put them inside of books in the stores, you know, you can really, really get creative with tracks. So, um, also just walking up to people saying, hey, can I give you this good news about Jesus Christ? And just learning that all they can possibly say in America is no, they're not going to cut right. your head off for giving them right. a track. You know, if nine times out of 10, they'll say no. Um, but I think I might have had one person out of all of these years say no, thank you. You know, but other than that, some of some people will say, well, I'm already a believer. I was like, well, you may want to go ahead and pass along then since you're already a believer, you know, because right. you want to be sharing the gospel. So encouraging them. And then some people it may be an open door to share the gospel um and so those are some some um tips that i would i would give to you guys if you know you're just kind of fearful in starting those being able to start those conversations and maybe take an evangelism class read some books on evangelism Mm -hmm. um to get familiar with some um responses that you can give um especially if you're not in the word of god which i admonish you to make sure you're reading the word so that you can be able to give you know an account for the hope that you have as well so those are some of the some of the tips that i would give um to y'all to um, so thank you for that, Matt. Um, and, yeah, and on, on that same note real quick too. Um, so every man, right. I'm talking to all the married guys right now, you know, your wife says, Hey, I want to go shopping for a pair of pants. Well, we know what that means. It's not just a <laughs> pair of pants. We're getting ready. To, we're going to be gone for a while. Uh, so my two little girls, you know, I'm, I'm still relatively new to this. So I get the fear. I get the anxiety. I'm, well, I'm I, I get all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, uh, pull, pull my girls into this. They're, they're nine and seven. How can I get them at an early age, right, to, to, to get start getting familiar with these things? And so we'll take tracks. And, and one of my favorite things to do now, now the guys are going to say this dude has lost his mind, but I'm telling you, it makes it so much more fun. So we'll go into like Old Navy, right? And I just gave myself away. They're going to know who who's passing all these tracks at now. But we'll go to Old Navy and I will give each one of my kids like 10 or 15 tracks. Mm. And I will say, get as creative as you can and and put them in places where people can't see them. So they'll go they'll go to a place uh, like where a bunch of pants are hanging up on a rack and they'll actually slide a track in the back pocket of a pair of pants. So what ends up happening is, you know, you got a guy or a girl who gets home and they're like, you know, fooling around all of a sudden, you know, it, it, it may not be but three months down the road. And and I think we'll talk about this here in a, mu- in a minute. But here's the beautiful thing about it. You don't have to see the fruit, right? You don't have to see the response. Your job is to tell them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so every, every single one of those, you know, every seed that is casted out is not going to take hold and, and produce fruit, mm-hmm. but a good farmer throws as much seed out as he can. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what we do. Every one of those is a seed. Every one of those is an opportunity for someone to hear it. So why wouldn't you want to get as many of those out as you can? Right. Right. And, and again, that's, that, that can help you so much. If you're a feel for you, you're not having to say anything, you know, you're giving yeah. out tracks. Now we don't want you to stay there, of course, but that's, <laughs> that's, 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 at least you're doing something right, right now, you know, because God's word can, um, speak for itself and it's this word and Holy spirit that transforms the heart. And so Speaking one of- more thing real quick, okay. <laughs> uh, one, one more last. And I, I would say that this is probably the easiest way to do this. Um, and I would even be OK with writing something up. I know that you could do this as well. Mm-hmm. But um, just write. Everybody's got social media, right? Everybody's got Facebook. Everybody's got Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to really say anything. Write, write out the gospel. And post it on Facebook. Were you getting ready to go there? <laughs> okay. and, and, and just post it on Facebook, man. So much of our conversation happens over social media. Now, mm-hmm. here's the deal. Don't stay on social media. Throw that out there on social media. And when someone responds, say, hey, brother, hey, sister, can we go talk about this over coffee? And what you've just done is you have put yourself in a position. And again, well, what am I going to say when I get there? I will promise you, I promise you, this is where you need to reach out to Sister Katrika, reach out to me. We will help you. We'll kind of coach you through these things. Um, it's it's really not as hard as what you think it is. Um, what you're getting into now is what we call apologetics. That's a big fancy word for simply being able to defend what you, what you're, what you're, you know, defend the scriptures, mm-hmm. defend your worldview. And this is not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a seminary grad. I've not been to seminary. Mm-hmm. Um I've not read 500 books. Uh, I've got I've got what we call, what we call street cred, right? I, I just went out right. there and I got chewed up and spit out a bunch of times, and I learned. Yeah. And so, um, but I, I would feel to, I would feel totally confident now going toe to toe with a lot of professors at, at these secular universities. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit is. You don't need all these all these seminary degrees. You don't need all that. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is so powerful, and um, it's it's really not that hard. So. Again, that, that would be an easy way to do that. And again, you've got resources. I'm I'm available. This is what I do. Um, and uh, Katrika, I know that you're certainly willing to to, to help mm-hmm. out any way that you can as well. So, yeah, you got me started now thinking about all this cre- creativity because that makes me think about um, for Christmas um, because the Lord has always convicted me about making sure those closest to me get the gospel mm-hmm. first. You know, before well, not before, but you know, just making sure that those closest to you get the sure, gospel sure. and not. I wouldn't say not be so focused on, you know, because I feel I've always wanted to go to the nations with the gospel. And so that's something that the Lord has always dealt with me with. We'll make sure those closest to you mm-hmm. have the gospel first, you know. And so for Christmas, even though I, I when I first moved on my street five years ago, I did um, take some tracks and give some little gifts to all of my neighbors on one half of my street, but didn't on the other half. And so this Christmas, the Lord placed it on my heart. I typed my testimony, typed the gospel up, got some Christmas cards and some candy canes. And I went and that was the, my Christmas gift. I went to every street on my house and I gave them the gospel and asked Good them if they want prayer. And so, um, so praise the Lord. And so I was very encouraged by that. I had one person call me um, and it was just such a blessing. And I was able to pray with someone, but even in that, 
that, like you don't you don't have to actually even share the gospel then because you you're taking the gospel, you're giving it to them. Whether you if they're not there, you can put it in their mailbox. Um, if you want to leave your name and phone number, I did leave my name and phone number um, because I don't mind people calling me. Right. Um, and so I, I really encourage y'all to just get creative and and let the Lord use you. you never know. Until we step out in faith, we never, you will be amazed at how the Lord uses you through the power of the Holy Spirit, you know? Um, so I really want to encourage y'all in that and go to the, I encourage you to go to the abortion, abortion clinic or go downtown with, with Matt and Antoine um, and those guys and just listen to them, you know, go um, and look on, uh, what's Ray Comfort's? YouTube site, Living Waters. Living Waters. Living Waters. Go binge watch Living Waters and how Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go binge watch Living Waters and how Ray Comfort is out there, you know, and he is having to go 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 against everything that's a whole lot of stuff that's being said, you mm-hmm. know, all kind of stuff that is said to him that he is he has to combat with the gospel. So, um, that's a way to to um get sharpened in. Um, what you know, and in apologetics as well, go and listen to guys and listen to them be able to practice apologetics and refute some of the stuff that's being said. Um, and so going back to what you were saying earlier, as far as, you know, um, I think you were saying something to the effect of God getting the increase. You didn't say those words, but what measures the success of evangelism? Because I know a lot of times we can get caught up and, oh, they profess Christ. We had 10 today, you know? Um, so, what measures the success of evangelism and why shouldn't we get caught up in that? Yeah. And this really could carry out the rest of the conversation, honestly, because this is this, I would say this is the hang up um, for modern evangelicals. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about evangelism. It doesn't matter if we're talking about abortion ministry, mm-hmm. everybody. And, and here's the deal. Uh, I'm not above this. When I first started getting into abortion ministry, I was asking the same questions. Well, how many babies have you guys saved doing that? And so we all we're all a product of this. If you're if you're probably I would say if you're 50 or younger, you think this way, unless you've gone through some of the processes that we've gone through to to undo it. You think this way. You think we're results driven. Um, And so what has happened is we have actually allowed that mentality of success to actually infiltrate uh, the church to the point that we have changed our, our methodology um, of how we present the gospel. And we've, we've gotten away from the way we see the apostles doing it in, in, in the New Testament and even the Old Testament, you know, the prophets, those guys. And we've, we've gone to more of a pragmatic approach. You know, we'll say, well, we see the way that the guys in the New Testament did it. We see the way the, way the guys in the Old Testament did it. But if we did that today, it wouldn't get people in. And so what they've done is they've watered down a lot of things. They've watered down a lot of the language. And again, it's, it's crazy the parallel between the gospel and how we deal with abortion. Like a lot of this stuff is the same. We don't call abortion murder. And so for that reason, we've watered down what it actually is. And so there's a lot of tolerance there in the church. We don't call um, pornography or any of these things sin. We just say, oh, it's a bad habit. And so what we do is we water it down. And so it's, it's, it's a lot easier to kind of be passive about it or obesity, you know, a gluttony, a lot of these things that are just no, no words in the church. We don't talk about them because it is offensive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and I'm a big boy, so I'm preaching to myself here, but there's a, you know, um, so, uh, 
the idea that we've, the, the, the mentality that we've got to get back to is the, again, what is it that God has called us to do? Did God tell us to fill out coliseums? Did God tell us to make sure that every single person in your neighborhood is in church on Sunday? No, you will not find that anywhere in all of scripture. Now, soteriology gets into this. We're not going to get into all that right now, <laughs> but uh, there is, that is a big part of this. If you have a view if you have a if you have a soteriology uh, you know mindset that says that if you do uh, if you put in enough work and if you try hard enough and if you swing the right weapons you can win your neighbor to Jesus. If you really think like that, well then yeah, you're. I would say that you're in sin for not doing everything that you can, right? Uh, if you are falling asleep at night and your neighbor is still not in church, well, that's on you. You know, you didn't try hard enough. You didn't do something right enough. Uh, I don't think we see that in scripture anywhere. We don't see that with Jesus. Certainly Jesus goes up with the rich young ruler and he, he's doing everything. Like, you know, he's, mm-hmm. Hey, what do I got to do to, 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 to receive eternal life? Mm-hmm. The simple thing Jesus says is come follow me. Right. This guy was doing everything that, that, you know, he would have put, he would have made us like, you know, Pagans. And, and but G, after he went through his long laundry list of things that he was working on, things that he was doing, Jesus said, Yeah, but you're missing it. You're not following me. And so, you know, it says the the, the rich young ruler went away and Jesus didn't call out to him. Jesus didn't say, Wait a minute, maybe you misheard me. Maybe I spoke too harshly. Jesus went to the next city. He went to the he moved on down the line. We see the same thing in John chapter six. There are Thousands, literally, uh, I think a lot of scholars would say somewhere close to 20,000 people that were listening to Jesus preach in John chapter six. And Jesus says something so outlandish. He says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot you cannot be my disciples. Mm-hmm. He had 20,000 people there listening to a sermon. Why would he say something like that? Mm-hmm. And it says that every single one of them left. Every one of them. Mm-hmm. What we don't see Jesus doing is say, you know what? Y'all may have misunderstood. Let me clarify. No, Jesus meant exactly what he said. And he said it for a very particular reason. The crowd was too big. And we also see this in Gideon's army, right? Mm-hmm. All these thousands of guys. And what did God say? Your, your army's too big. I can't work with that. Right. I won't, I won't, <laughs> I'm going to work with a small band of men and, and they're going to be the ones to, 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 to make this happen. So to, to bring that back where the modern American church is focused on the numbers. And I, I don't want to be too critical. I think their heart is in the right place. Why wouldn't you want to see your entire city repent? That is the heart of it, but you can't give them a false. You're, you're doing more harm than good when you give them something fake, right. right? That's, that's the issue. If we give them something real and then your entire city repents, praise God. That's revival. That's what we want to happen. Mm-hmm. But we can't give them something fake, see a fake response, and then pat ourselves on the back and say, we did a good job. Mm-hmm. And that is what's happening. And that is that is demonstrated in every church poll that, that is being done. It don't matter if it's adultery, pornography, um, um, abortion, LGBT matters. If you've got the world up here in all of their numbers and the church over here in all of their numbers, and you take away the church, the, the titles, you can't tell who's who. It's just as prevalent in the church as it is in the world. And the reason why is because we've tailored the gospel to fit the world 
rather than getting the world to conform to the gospel. And so what is the answer, right? Well, the answer is to do what we were told to do. Take the gospel in its purest form and go take it to the nations. Right. And in Ezekiel 2, uh, the house of Israel has actually rebelled against God. They've gone their own way. They're chasing after idols. They're sacrificing their children. They, they've gone nuts. And God tells Ezekiel, hey, I want you to go to the house of Israel and I want you to call them to repent. Mm-hmm. And Ezekiel was like, they're not going to listen to you. Right. Are you crazy? Right. Right. And, and, and God says, here's his words, whether they listen or not, mm-hmm. that's none of your business because it, whether they listen or not, they will have to admit that there has been a prophet sent to them. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ezekiel was never told to get, be focused on the numbers. Mm-hmm. His mission by God was to go and tell them to repent. Mm-hmm. God received glory in bringing judgment on the house of Israel. Now, we don't like that in modern America. Right. We don't like to think that God can receive glory by bringing judgment. Mm-hmm. But friends, go read Revelation. That, that is the God that we serve. That is the God of the Old Testament. That is the God of the New Testament. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Mm-hmm. And if that's not your God, I hate to say this, and I'm saying it with all the love in my heart, you've got the wrong God. That's mm-hmm. not the biblical God. Um, and so... Um, Ryan Denton has wrote a great book on this. I don't know if that's backwards or forwards, but it's even if none. Um, and then he's also got one called a certain sound, but even if none brought by Ryan Denton, that is the one that kind of covers this stuff. And so um, it's a, it's a powerful book. You've heard me. I cannot plug this book enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, our job is to go tell them and, and whether they repent or not, we pray for them to repent. Our heart should be, uh, you know, positioned in a, in a place where we, we hope they repent. We want them to, mm-hmm. but we don't twist. We don't manipulate to try to just get them to say, okay, I'll follow Jesus. That's right. a work of the Holy spirit. Right. Amen. And I, I'm, I'm looking in this book in um, the biblical school of evangelism, because when you said the modern um, day church, I was just thinking about the modern gospel that it, um, it talks about, um, where, you know, even in sharing the gospel, when you were saying watering it down, um, how it, it discusses how, uh, we're telling people, you know, if you come to Jesus, you get all the stuff, you know, you're going to fix your life, fix your marriage, get you off drugs and all of that. And like it says, all of that is, it's out even though all of that can be essentially true, you know, they're coming to Jesus for the wrong reason, not realizing that, no, you're a sinner in need of a savior facing God's wrath and you appreciate that more. And then, you know, it should, it should cause you to appreciate that more and love Christ out of what he has done for you. And that should be the reason that you're compelled to obedience because like it discussed in the book, when times get hard, a lot of them fall away because, well, you didn't tell me it was going to be tough times, you know, And so their perspective is really often it causes them to fall away. But we know if they fall away that they weren't weren't truly of the faith anyway. But just making sure, you know, that we are sharing the gospel and, you know, calling people to repentance and letting them know why they need a savior. Because I can't tell you how many even I catch more flack from professing believers when sharing the gospel than oh, yeah. non-believers, you know, they don't, they don't want you to tell people about the wrath of God or hell. No, you need to just give them love, love, love. And it's like how I, like, I can't tell you about love. I can't tell you about the love of God unless you know about the wrath of God too, because it was the love of God that sent Christ to the cross, but they That's still right. don't want to hear that. You know, it's still right. like, no, you don't say anything about 
hell. You don't say anything about the wrath of God, but it's like, if you only knew, that's the beauty of it. Like, that is the beauty of it. That's something. Yeah, when, when they bring that love word up, a lot of times what we try to do is we'll tell them, define love, right? Tell me what you mean by love. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, they end up giving you a definition that is actually not the definition of love. It's the definition of tolerance and impassivity, mm-hmm. which is exactly the gospel of the culture. Mm-hmm. And so that tells you right there, they're being, they're being, they're, they're disciples of the culture, not of the Bible. Yeah. And that, and that's true. And I'm just finding out really is, is, you know, just like you say, it's pretty much through ignorance and a lot of believers that are, you know, approach things like that. They're not reading their word, unfortunately, right. you know? Um, and so <laughs> that's why I just try to be very, try to try Lord to be very gracious, you know, um, and helping them to understand, but this is like, sometimes there's still no reasoning, like, no, this is the way I want to do it. And, right. you know, and so what else do you say? Well, I have enjoyed you, Matt. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us in regards to yeah, that? I, I think, I think uh, real quick, just, just kind of in closing, um, I, I think a lot of times when you have a biblical view of the gospel, mm-hmm. it can, it can, it can almost make you come across, or at least the people that are hearing this, they may say, think that, you know, all, all that, 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 uh, that guy with the beard, he's just, he's just mean. He's just a, you know, he's just a jerk. And that's not, that's not really it at all. Um, it's, it's again, we, there, I guess the long, uh, let me wrap this up very shortly. There is a wrong way to say the right things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think uh, for, for, we've talked a lot about the people who are, who are apathetic towards evangelism and maybe even towards uh, they've got a bad taste in their mouth about open air preachers. And, and, and things like that. And I think I think a lot of that is actually um, because there have been people in the past who have have done evangelism with a with the wrong spirit. True. And so um, I want to I want to real quick for those of you who may li- be listening um, that that are doing this. I want to kind of just give a, a, a careful warning to you guys as well. Go read Ephesians 2 and, and go read Ephesians 2 often. As such were some of you, right? So we've got to make sure that, yes, you speak the truth in love. You stay stern. You, you, you do not compromise. You do not, um, you do not waver on the gospel. But at the same time, remember that the only thing that's different between you and that mom who's murdering her baby, the only difference between you and, and that uncle who just raped his three-year-old niece, the only difference between you and, and that, that young man who just, who just shot you know, that, that other guy, the only difference between you and them is the grace and the mercy of God. You didn't do that. God did that. And so just, just, just examine yourselves, as Paul Washer says, um, examine yourselves. Go read First uh, John. Uh, pour these things over you and make sure, again, we, we can get caught up in doing the right things with our hands mm-hmm. um, and, and, and forgetting to check our heart. And so um, just, a, just a warning there as well. Amen. You made me want to share a scripture that I have like right in front of me because I have to always remind myself to stay low, Katrika, stay low, okay? but it's Titus three, two through three. It says um, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once 
foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hated one another. You know, and so like you said, it's just those scriptures right there. And even even Philippians 2 is another good one. Mm-hmm. Philippians chapter 2, you know, so yeah, washing ourselves with the word of God and um and just asking Holy Spirit for I always pray for humility and boldness and more love, you know, because yep. um a lot of times when we have more love for others, it's that love sometimes that will compel us because I love you. I don't, I, I want you to hear this good news. You right. know, I want you to hear what you're saved from. And sometimes that love can, because I used to just pray for boldness, but I read somewhere that it makes more sense to pray for love because it's my love for you that's going to help me to pass past, press right. past my reservations and some fear that I may have in presenting the gospel to you or giving the gospel to you. So pray right. for love, 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 love. Yeah, your, 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 your love for your neighbor will cause you to run into their house while it's on fire and to drag them out of their bed. That That is motivated by love for yeah. your neighbor. And so the boldness, the courage to run into a burning building to rescue your neighbor starts with love. So yeah, it's a very powerful point. Amen. Amen. So again, thank you so much for coming on, Matt, and sharing your heart and just encouraging us in, in the gospel. And I encourage y'all to reach out to Matt um, if you have any questions or if you'd like to go out with them to the abortion mill ministry or um, downtown or any other um, places that they may go to share the gospel and just be encouraged in um, evangelism um, and possibly open up preaching. Stretch yourself. You know, never know how the Lord may be trying to use you right. unless you step out on faith and see because a lot of times if we don't know what we're gifted with because we haven't went out there and, and tested the waters to see, you know, so I encourage y'all in that. And if you will, Matt, of course, please share the gospel for anyone that um, may need salvation or um, just for us as believers to be refreshed again. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, God made everything and he made everything perfect and he said it is good. And uh, through some things that happened in the Garden of Eden, a series of events there, man, fell. They disobeyed God. They did things the way that they wanted to do them. And through our first parents, Adam and Eve, and their sin and their disobedience to God, we were born as rebels to God. You and I today, our sin nature was changed, or our, 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 our human nature was changed from, from uh, being born in a nature that would honor God to being born uh, of a nature that now hates God, that is bent towards or bent away from God. And the only way that we can uh, be reconciled to him to have our nature uh, basically um, renewed uh, to its original form to honor God is through the reconciliation of Jesus Christ, who was uh, and is the son of God who was born about 2000 years ago to a virgin, uh, just as prophesied all throughout the Old Testament. And uh, he lived a perfect life for about 33 years, and uh, he died the death that you and I could not live, and, and he uh, or he died the death that you and I deserved uh, after living the life that you and I could not live. He lived perfectly and sinlessly, and so when he died, he died as a sinless, spotless uh, lamb uh, person, and that was uh, that was enough to satisfy the very wrath of God. He took on our wrath on the cross, and when he laid in the uh, ground for three days, he rose. Again, on his own authority, proving that he is uh, God in the flesh, and uh, our sins are left in the ground with uh, with death. And uh, one day, when we die, we will be raised to life without our sin as well, and we will reign with Christ forever and ever. But that only is promised to those who will repent and believe 
that message. Believe that Jesus was who he said he was. Believe that you and I uh, are what the Bible says we are, as laid out in Romans 3. And uh, understand that you can't change yourself. You can't change your nature. You can't work it off. The only way to be born again, to have your heart of stone removed and the heart of flesh put in, uh, to, to love the things that God loves and to hate the things that God hates, is if God himself comes in and does a work uh, on, on, on you supernaturally. And that's just calling out to him, repenting of your sin and, and, and following his ways. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So again, if, if anyone has um, made a decision to repent and believe the gospel, you can feel free to reach out to Matt or I so we can celebrate with you and um, get you plugged into a good Bible teaching church and get you discipled. All Amen. right. Thanks again, Matt, and grace and peace to you guys. God bless you, sister. God bless you. Thank you.